You're listening to The Local Beat, a podcast by WKNC dedicated to bringing North Carolina rockers directly to the airwaves. The Local Beat is hosted by DJ Beowulf and features in-studio performances as well as interviews with active local musicians. Be sure to follow WKNC on SoundCloud at WKNC881 and on iTunes so you never miss a beat. Thanks for tuning in. This man
don't know if we got stoned, but goddamn sure just ain't me. All right. Um, I'm DJ Beowulf, joining you for the second ever quarantine edition of The Local Beat. I just did my very first digital session earlier this week. It is currently unreleased at time of recording, but I'm hoping to put it out early next week. And shortly after that will be this session. I'm very excited to be joined by some of my favorites in Juxon Roy, although the local lineup has changed a little bit. Um, but they're still my favorites, and I'm excited to learn all of the new things that have been going on since we spoke. Um, due to the fact that the lineup has changed and it's been just over a year since we last talked about who you are and what we, what you do, if you would go down the line and introduce yourselves and what you do in the band slash for the project, that would be phenomenal. It should be interesting. <laughs> no one knows anymore. Um, I play the kazoo. I'm uh, I'm Jess. I play guitar and sing, and I'll just let everyone. I'm Matt. <laughs> I play guitar and I sing some of the time. I'm Derek, and I now play drums, question mark. Maybe. We'll find out at the end of the day, I guess. <laughs> I might get fired. <laughs> so, we'll see. I'm Alex. I'm the rock star. I do crazy things, like, um, he plays the band, go. Get your nose picked. Stop. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I play guitar, <laughs> and I do cool things, like cry on stage about my problems. Cry. Let's cry a lot. I do cry a lot. I'm a little baby. That's how we stay hydrated in quarantine is we drink Alex's tears. They're not even salty. Very so salty. Yeah. yeah. I'm Austin. I play bass. And, and do a scram. I, do. I also do scram. Scram. He does a scram. He does a scram. <laughs> And just for audience information, the only two of you who are in the last session were Jess and Matt. So welcome back. Thank you. Welcome, welcome miss back. You. <laughs> I miss you too. Even though before quarantine, I probably saw at least one of you weekly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say that's all right. Yeah. I would also love to expand upon the introductions since uh, the five of you, or I can't count, yeah, it is five, have been doing some cute social media stuff recently and been posting <laughs> your playlists to get a better idea of who you are and how you contribute musically to the band. Could you each maybe summarize your musical influences and tell the audience where to find your band member playlists? Um, so I'm pretty sure they're all linked on they're all on the Spotify, Spotify page. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you go to our Spotify artist page, down at the bottom, there's uh, recommended playlists, and, the, and they should all be there. I don't really What's know what uh, on mine, but I guess I'll go. Well, it was a bunch of sad stuff, and then some, and then some metal, and probably a Merzbo song because I like to just, I like to just people. <laughs> a bunch of wiggly air. I think I put. So yeah, we basically kind of made them as like what we we've been listening to as of late. So they're, I guess they're kind of indicative of like what we're influenced by. But they are called just, quarantine bops. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So mine was basically just a bunch of. Uh, singer songwriters because i like stuff like that a lot like bb bridgers um julian baker uh, i had some hotel year in there as well because i love that band um think what else like some like random hardcore and whatnot because i think all of us kind of like yeah. have that in common we all yeah. love hardcore even though we play in a rock and roll band it's pretty like, much <laughs> what mine is like hardcore and math rock yeah pretty yeah. much it mine's a lot of post rock and shoegaze and then some metal yeah, mine was mostly sad stuff like movements, um, balance and composure, um, just a lot of like heavy riffs and music, but really sad vocal content. Soft grunge. Yes. Yeah. Soft grunge. <laughs> yeah, soft grunge. Um, I love whip. I which so was the, the, the playlist was really hard for me to put together because I don't really listen to music. I just listen to podcasts all the time, but I couldn't make a playlist. <laughs> I, I struggle like, with that too because I've been on podcasts <laughs> forever, but I can't put podcasts on the playlist. I, know, I, I, I considered putting one on there. Just, just a whole, like, just the middle of like a whole series of D&D podcasts just in my... I considered putting uh, No Dogs in Space on there. <laughs> you got to check it out. Yes. And last but not least, I believe it's Alex time. Oh, yeah. So I've been in a gray area yeah. since like, I don't know, September, maybe producing vocals. So I didn't do one because I was scared. But if you want to know my influence, it's literally just men screaming in the woods. Alex did vocal production on the last two singles and ended up in the band afterward. 
Way to jump the gun and introduce the next subject. I was just about to say, um, having shared your musical influences, let's move on and talk about your musical taste uh, as well as, or as far as the band goes and talk about the newest single. What's it called? When did it come out? Uh, so the latest, we, we actually put out two new songs um, the past like month or so. They were recorded August, right? Like that. Yeah, it was August. It was August. August. And back then, uh, we actually had a couple of different members, but everyone who was in is in this room now, except uh, Austin was there at the studio. Um, so we put out two songs. We, um, one's called Flatlining. One's called Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hallelujah was a redone version of the acoustic song on our first record. Yes. With uh the most massive arrangement we've done to date with a 300 voice choir and <laughs> we went kind of insane. <laughs> but, but it made for an incredible uh, finished product. So um, tell me about the recording process. Who did it? How long did it take? So on and so forth. We went to Black Plate out in Dunn. Out in Dunn. Um, they do a lot of like the local metal bands and stuff and they were They've been gunning pretty hard for us to come out there, so we, we gave them a shot, and um, we tracked, yeah, pretty much everything there. Yeah, um, shout out to Jared, to Garrett and John, yeah, and Mike Evans, those love those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did like the front side record. Yeah, the new front side record that came out today as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, I guess they're next on yeah. my list to contact. You should hit up Walt. Yeah, I think they're definitely talk to Walt. It came out today. <laughs> Walt's Walt's fun, and it would be great for the format where he can swear. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> we we spent a weekend out there, um, and we that ended up, a blur. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of lot of drinking. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, basically, like we recorded the first weekend, we uh, we did all of the the drums, the bass, and the guitars, and the main vocal tracks, and then and uh, and, and all, everything for. Yeah, and we had to come back and do uh, another session to add additional vocals to flatlining. We were planning on doing everything in those two days, and then we got inspired on the choir part, and that took six and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we, had, we had a bunch of vocalists from the scene. Uh, no one from Heirloom was there. Kevin Lachiana from All Cut Up was there. Chris Coffey. Chris Coffey. Uh, Michael Rumpel, who's in Flood District with me. Um, yeah. Alex was doing vocal production. Uh, and then John, the studio, John, the studio owner's wife, Brittany, sang on it as well. And that just it, we were all sitting in the room, and people get, kept humming harmonies, and we just kept sending them in to do them, and ended up using everything. Yeah. So that may have answered the question. It was going to my next question was going to be what was the most challenging part of the recording process, but I guess it must have just been time management. You know, reining in your own creativity. But correct me if I'm we, wrong. We didn't do well, that. Well, we at didn't all. plan it. Um, we we had like a loose idea of what we wanted to do with Hallelujah when we went in. Like we we knew the parts we were gonna play basically. Instrumentally in the main vocal, and I think we were solid, but everything yeah. around that, like all oh, the arrangement. We knew we were gonna we were gonna layer some harmonies in the chorus, but everything else that happened uh, was just like kind of on the fly, just like being creative in the moment and um. Uh, just like my favorite part about playing music. Yeah, it was, like, it was a lot of Michael and Alex having cool ideas, bouncing off of each other, mm-hmm. uh, and then everybody else chipping in and just having a great time with it. And uh, it just it was a it was a weird blur of just like ten people in a room running in and out in a, out of a vocal booth all night. And what was the purpose of rehashing a song that you had previously released? Um. <laughs> Basically, uh, when we put Hallelujah on the first record, um, I literally wrote it the day before our first show. Um, and then we had to flesh out what we were uh, going to put on why, and it wasn't quite long enough. And um, the storyline of what that record is, it needed that song in it. So we just kind of like quickly recorded it um, when we did that record. But it was always like intended to be a bigger song. I guess, because uh, we always played it the way that we just recorded it live. We never played it. Um, we played it like three acoustic. times, like just you acoustic early on when you just yeah. were there, because you played it at the first couple of shows. We didn't have an arrangement. That was, like, after that. that was the first song we actually like fleshed out past Y, if I remember yeah. right. That was the first um, thing we did after we finished Y was finish that song. So we've been playing it that way 
live two for years. two years now and we uh it's changed a bunch like throughout yeah. like it's the arrangements changed we've been live testing it and everything and yeah. live testing it figuring out what worked and what didn't and being the greatest hits of our own reps so <laughs> us like putting it out the way it the way we play it live was important um just because we we wanted that song to be heard the way it like was intended to be recorded um we just didn't have time to on the first record to do it that way mm -hmm. and then it became way bigger than we really <laughs> imagined it could and now although you've only released two songs being flatlining and hallelujah what are some changes that you can draw between your musical style uh between those two singles and then um what are you so or why are you so afraid of blank i apologize for getting the title wrong for a second sorry my bad um i think uh the biggest change is it definitely comes from like the people who are in the band now because from like the beginning of Jackson, the only people left are me and Matt. Um, and it used to be that I would write kind of fleshed out things um, and then bring it to the band and they would just kind of make it sound like Jackson. But um, we've been writing as a unit more now. So the, the sound definitely changes because of that. Um, <laughs> absolute unit. Absolute unit. I mean, it is an absolute unit, particularly flatlining towards the end. Like the sound is big. <laughs> I played like, a very big like, guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they used a baritone guitar we had in the studio to thicken that up, and all those uh, choir parts in the background, the stacking vocals are all Alex. Wow. Like, like I think yeah. I think like one of the one of them is Michael, but most of those I think are Alex, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah and I just picking up on that. It's really funny because it's playing me the demo and I was like, I'm going to use this. And I somehow remembered it for like two months. <coughs> Your brain is in a Alex. I don't know how it works. I don't <laughs> yeah. Any, anytime um, I've heard a musician like write a part, if they don't record it and like the iPhone memos immediately, it's gone. You'll never get it back. It's like yeah. when you get inspiration in the shower. We yeah. typically demo things out on a like Matt's computer whenever like a structure is kind of written. Yeah. Once we've kind of got it worked out in the rehearsal space for the first time, we throw a cell phone up and record it. Then I take it and pull it into our into the recording program, meticulously <laughs> time align everything, and then we track program the drums and track all the guitars and get an arrangement done. And then we change and then we change everything. <laughs> then we change everything and I do it all over again. But that's how we kind of get the process and all of those creative moments going is we play it in the room, get meticulous with it, take it back to the room, change stuff and bring it back. It's always good to have that baseline of comparison, though. I think that that's um, from the interviews that I've done, that seems to be a more unique recording and writing style, as I've heard often artists just like they have like one song and they just kind of like grind at it until it's done. And then maybe it will evolve as things go. But, you know, the, the perfectionism and maturity to which you like handle your songwriting is really impressive. And the development over this la these last few years as a band has been really cool. You. I think all of us too are like perfectionists yeah. when it comes to it. Definitely, so yeah. we will we'll literally hash out every bit of it until we're all happy with it. We also have a major advantage that Alex and I are both audio engineers. So yes. as like our main job, we own a recording mm -hmm. studio together. So we have the option of doing that kind of stuff, which a lot of bands don't really have. Even it, even with how easy home recording has gotten, doing it at a quality that will feel comfortable and feel like a finalized song is still a skill and a lot of a lot of bands don't have that option that we do we so. also let like the way we play things live influence how songs like yeah. shape yeah we we, we, like, we pay a lot of attention to the live sound elephant was like not at all the same way it was oh yeah one you know one of the new songs that we're working on elephant is i wrote the initial bones of the song and then we completely dismantled it and it was this crazy like caspian style post-rock song that we dismantled and it's something different, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, yes. it's our, I think it's our shortest song. Yes. <laughs> now, Jess had used a phrase earlier saying that uh, they would write a song and maybe bring the arrangement to y'all, but that um, prior to writing more as a cohesive group, it would take a group effort to turn one of Jess's songs into something that sounds like Jux. So this may have changed since then, particularly because you have new members, but how would you currently define sounding like Jux? 
there is. Or at least what are your goals? <laughs> you just know when it does or when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's it's more of a feeling than what it sounds yeah. like. It's it's an it's a energy and intensity in the room that is not really quantifiable. I guess it's just you you just yeah. you do just feel it as court as hokey as that sounds. Well, like, really it's said, like there, there's no such thing as a song that sounds like Jackson Roy because we go so all over the place with genre. Mm -hmm. um, so, like they said, like when you just kind of feel it, um, we we all like are on the same level, I guess, on a song. Um, when we're playing it together, then that's when you know it's a Chuck song. Yeah, not to not to speak for anyone but myself, but the way that I know is if it, if I feel an intensity that I feel is going to be a platform for Jess to do something really cool vocally over, while still being interesting on its own, that's that's how I know it's ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, there's an acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I, I look at our music as a platform for our message. And yeah. what we talk mm -hmm. about that all almost all of that comes from jazz That's and all. with all and, of us having yeah. such like an eclectic background of music like we all like play hardcore stuff we all like listen like i know for myself at least like i had like a two-month hip-hop phase and like i, I, have, I, like, I live in my hip-hop yeah like hip we all have such a diverse background of music that like the music itself doesn't have to sound one exact way it's just like the the feeling that we're coming putting out and the message that we're bringing is what makes it a Jack song. Um, do you have a, a definitive message that you're willing to share or talk about as it's something that's been brought up a couple times? Um, I think it goes into a, a, a like way broader thing, but the, the general message is one of uh, self-love, one of self-acceptance. Um, for just being who you are, which for me, it, it's through a queer lens, um, because I am a queer person, but um, that's basically it. Uh, I am looking to like, become a little bit like, have more in the message going on, I guess, when uh, we write more, like getting a little bit more political and whatnot. But as of right now, um, what we try to do is like, just be like a safe space for people. and. Um, Basically, um, my brain does not work today. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah. Basically, and that's the message. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got this. Yeah, I believe in you. Work. <laughs> um, the brain don't I'm work. I more so met Matt being supportive. Oh, yeah. That. That's <laughs> Our message is be excellent to each other. Be gay, do crimes. That is our message. Then perhaps an easier question to answer would be something that you referenced when talking about how you know when a song is for Juxtan Roy. You can feel it and it's transferable to the energy in the room. Can you describe what an experience at a Juxtan Roy show is like or what you attempt to make it? Somebody else has to answer this because I'm on stage all the time. Coming from somebody that's been on the floor like for a, a long time, it's a... Uh, it's emotional and it's really uh i don't know i've been i come from a musical family i come from uh i've been i've been going to hardcore shows and punk shows it's always had like a deep message in it since i was like 11 years old and i've never really cried at a local show like i have at a junk show my first junk show at king's like over a year ago it was a uh, it was 11 months ago today actually okay it's a vibe of community and um, belonging to something that uh, is bigger than the sum of just, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never really been on the opposite end of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to answer that. That's going to be an Austin. It's uh, weird too because, question. like, I Jux was the first local band in North Carolina that I'd seen when I moved back here. Because I moved back here almost three years ago from Las Vegas. Where yeah, really? Jux, Jux is the first band I saw out here. Oh, tight. I saw you guys at Deep South, I think. I remember that show. Yeah. Is yeah, that was, the rest of Deep South show? Yep. Because no. I remember I saw your wife for the first time in like a year. Yes. Yeah, so it was the rest in peace. Alex, we love Alex. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> like it's, it was cool because like I saw that show and then I think the next time I'd seen Jux was at the Ritz uh, for emo 
Probably. That emo night. Yeah, yeah so and even then, Christmas. it was like a little bit of a different vibe, but... Um, that was a weird show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think... <laughs> yeah. Too like, the... <laughs> The experience was is like as soon as you walk in you're like you you feel welcome and you're like it's just a very like accepting like community of people like it always felt like jux was more than just the five people that were up on stage it was the whole crowd of everybody that was out there singing every song like i've never experienced a local band have as loud of a crowd reception as i have with jux that is like that's a serious compliment and now you're in the band, so you kind of came full circle. Yeah, so it, it tricked me out even more being on stage and then hearing that, like hearing the crowd over Jess. It's weird. That tricks me out. It's weird when you hear it over the amps and the monitors. The monitors. Yeah. Yes. Like, sorry, I um, the first couple of times. I was not <laughs> off to the north to escape my head Hearing off into the snow to escape our bed I've been reaching out to you through the distance With my usual minutes I can't get in I feel like being stoned in the center of the village And you're burning at the state British in the skyline I brought you some water, tried to quench the flame
So tired of feeling bitter, so tired of feeling hurt. And I refuse to be a part of that hate campaign. Oh, love is love is love that we know each other's name. Regarding the community aspect, what has the audience reaction been to the two newest singles? They've been performing better than uh, the first record did. Um, I think Flatline and Jess got over 1K. Yeah, Flatline is at 1,111 1, as of this morning. I saw that <laughs> yeah. screenshot that earlier. Um, and Hallelujah is uh, pretty much taking off to do better than that. From what we've been yeah, seeing. I think it took anything off the first EP in a while. Yeah. It took the first CP single to like hit a 1K. It took like three months, I think. Yeah. And Flatlining has only been out for about a month or two changes. It's already doing better than the whole first record. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with a, and with a Hallelujah, it's pretty much doing about the same. I think it might have mm -hmm. actually overtake Flatlining. I think it's gonna. Yeah, just based on how the numbers look right now, I think it will. Mm -hmm. And Matt had whispered in the background that you had been grinding to get out the previous EP. Yeah, the first EP uh, to get those numbers was was a lot of promotion because we didn't have the uh, we didn't have the crowd yet. Mm -hmm. We we did things the wrong way, but a band typically should. <laughs> uh, we Can you elaborate on that? Show. Yeah, we played our first show in April of 2018, and then immediately went and recorded a record <laughs> instead of playing more shows. <laughs> and then our second show um, was our EP release show. Yeah. So we basically, like the band existed for almost a year before that. Um, and we had written all these songs. And then we played the first show. We were just like, oh, we don't want to play any more shows. Let's just go do a fucking record. So we did. We had, the, we had the songs. They were ready, except for Hallelujah. And we had, we had thought that it was going to be everything but Hallelujah. and. It just didn't feel right without it, like we were saying, like Jess was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, as far as the the newest songs have gone, um, are they going to be part of a bigger album or later release? We're talking what? about it. Um, I'm not sure yet. Um, we've been talking about doing a model of like releasing a song every month or so. Um, we've talked about doing a record. Um, so we're, we're not really sure. Uh, we have a couple of things that we're sitting on that we'll probably end up recording and then just putting out as, they, as they're done, just because Alex and Matt have a studio. Me and Alex live together now. So it's, it's pretty easy for us to just like record on the fly um, as opposed to having to go to a studio and do it. So we'll see. Would you say, would you say that for that reason, quarantine has been beneficial to the productivity of your band? Sense. Yeah, think, yeah, we've gotten some, we've been in an ideas phase. This is our first rehearsal since all of that has happened is today. It's what we're going to do when we're done. But um, we're, we're figuring, we've been figuring out a lot of the logistics of what we want to do going forward and talking a lot with all of us and figuring out where we want to be. Yeah. And um, we've gotten, we've gotten a good, a good momentum going. And I think it's going to be really cool what we're going to do next. I don't know what it is Absolutely. yet. Absolutely. I think it'll be cool. What else have you been doing uh, in this time? I know that you have been rather active on social media, but what else have you been doing other than playing around with music? I'm learning music. I've been watching Scrubs. <laughs> I've been pretty much just working because I'm kind of lucky and I, I still managed to keep my job through the whole um, quarantine thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then pretty much just like hanging out with Alex, uh, sometimes writing music, sometimes just drinking way too much. You're <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I've just been twisting knobs for six hours straight until sounds sound good. Yeah, that's pretty much what Alex and I've been doing is just working in the studio as much as we can. I play a lot of video games. Yeah, you build a computer. Yeah. This is our first time, like, all of us seeing Derek for, like, February. I've seen I've seen Derek since then, but only because <laughs> I dropped off Chili for him and his wife, and 
he had to go and yelled up at them to their third floor balcony and talked to them for about 10 minutes. John confused them. I wish I, I wish I'd had, I wish I'd had a, a boombox. That would have been great. <laughs> Not a we bought a van. Now it's got a van. The Honda Odyssey. It's called the Honda Mom Odyssey. Yeah, we're gonna tour the mom in a mom van. <laughs> <laughs> this is my mom. Hello, Hello mother. You had mentioned. Um, Alex and Matt, you had mentioned that you have a recording label and that you've been working on that recently. Do you want to touch on what that is and what your services are? Uh, yeah, so it's, um, I mean, it's pretty much just, you know, hitting up bands, bands setting us up and recording music. I don't really know. It seems uh, when you see your studio, it seems like it's romanticized a lot, but it's really, uh, it's fun, but it's a lot of sitting around and playing the same parts a bunch of times. We just finished Austin's other band, Through the Tall Woods. We just finished doing a single for them. We're working on an eight-song album for a sludge metal band called The Anonymous, um, who are incredible and I'm really stoked about both projects we're working on right now. We've been working with um, our buddy Jake's band, Penalty Box, who I used to play with. And Austin actually also used to be in that band. They've got He's got a whole new lineup, and we've been working on some stuff for them. So Yeah, the thing is, we're really fortunate to be like, I mean, me and Matt have been in the field for a long time. Um, we've had a lot of experience, like in recording. But it's really, for, we're really fortunate to have like come together and hit the ground running. There has not been a single delay in like getting things started. Not been a single like stop, and the product has just been just outdoing itself every single time. It's been really, really, really. Good. I think we're finally getting good. <laughs> finally getting good. <laughs> and uh, however, you have yet to mention a name. Uh, Sable Grove Media. And where can the audience connect with you on that? You're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I think. Do we just Facebook and Instagram? Have we done this one yet? Nope. I guess not. Nope. Tight. Awesome. Make sure to like and subscribe. Derek, you're running our Twitter. No. <laughs> I also find us on OnlyFans for $5.99 a month. You can just watch me yell at the camera with um, eyeliner on for six hours. OnlyFans, but it's a compilation well, of all the it. worst OnlyFans jokes. Yes. <laughs> it's just um, and what me about with the a bunch of fans. <laughs> it's not even you it's just fans only fans <laughs> giant metal fans um and where can the audience connect with justin roy on social media we're on every platform except only fans but my, my, plan, my plan is to take over tiktok in the next year our music is on there. our music is on tiktok yeah. i added to tiktok so if you're if you're into that sort of thing make tiktoks with our songs and have fun. Fun. when are we going to get a tiktok okay. dance Oh, I'll take that dance for you. Oh, yeah? But I want uh, some fresh content to Hallelujah. Like how fresh? Like cucumber out the garden fresh? Or like... I'm going to make one of those fresh harm's way... I'm going to make one of those harm's like, way videos for Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. Slightly right. No, we are on like all social media platforms. At Justin Roy. Um, do we have a Reddit? And all streaming platforms. We, we do Reddit. not have a Reddit. It'll just Probably be it. I, I can yeah. do that. We have content on Reddit. <clears throat> it can just be a YouTube live stream of Derek eating cucumbers for like 12 hours straight. Yeah, that, that's a fun fact. Derek yeah. loves cucumbers more than anything except maybe as well. If you really yeah. want to make Derek that's that's bring him a bushel of cucumbers I, I every show. More. That's why. <laughs> Derek, Derek, answer this question now so your wife can finally know. What do you love more, her or the cucumbers? What's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> And now the reason that I brought up the Juxted Roy social media is because um, you're very expressive on your online presence, which I think has helped to develop a community surrounding your band due to the fact that you, and particularly Jess, uh, share a lot of your vision and the feelings you have towards your music. Uh, in particular, on April 13th, Jess posted on Facebook a little bit of a, a rundown of their feelings about Hallelujah and the development as a band. Uh, if you remember that post specifically, can you reference what you said in that? Otherwise, I can just read it out loud. <laughs> yeah, somebody pull that up because I don't remember which post that is. I can quote it and see if Jess gets some cued recall. Uh, but it says, two years ago, we took the quote-unquote stage in a tiny record store of Glenwood to an audience of close friends and family. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was our that was the two-year yeah. anniversary of that show as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember. Where is that post? Uh, it's on Facebook. Oh. I'm on the wrong app. I, also, I think it might also be on Instagram, but it is on Facebook. Yeah, that was us. Uh, we so last year we did a one-year anniversary um, show for uh, the 
one year anniversary, but this year because we couldn't <laughs> wanted um, to, we decided to uh, instead release new music for our two year anniversary. But because because we couldn't play a show or anything. Next year though, three year anniversary show. Cucumbers. New music? Maybe Brain. I don't know yet. But definitely the show. Brain cucumbers for Derek. He will not survive without the cucumbers. Eric will die without the cucumbers. I have no cucumbers on so stage. No cucumbers. <laughs> he needs the crunchy hydration. I I I need the cucumbers. I've never met someone so passionate about what is essentially like solidified water and not ice. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that was such a. Oh my god. Yeah, you hit it right in the, right in the head. My head hurts now. I think you. Yeah, my water. My brain works like the little twist, like gear things. You're like you're like the little like uh, clapper toys. Yeah, it's just kind of like, Alex is like cheesoid. I don't like know a little monkey is. with symbols. Petrol. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Alex is a petrol. I'm a garbage pail kid. That's uh, everybody else. He's a beautiful man. That's yeah, Austin's an American girl, though. You got Justin. <laughs> Justin's a cucumber. Oh, I'm a cucumber Damn. eater. Oh, oh loves ooh. me the most. Fancy. But that's, all, that's for the only fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we got to buy some fans. <laughs> Now, uh, cycling back to kind of inspired by Derek's love for cucumbers um, and passion about cucumbers in general, you're all very dedicated to developing Juxon Roy, as we've seen repetitively through everything that you do and the way that you talk about it. What significance or what is the importance of Juxon Roy in your specific life? Any of you can answer this question. Awesome. You should answer this one. I should answer this one? Yes. Juxon Roy was probably the first band I found in the music scene that I like actually met and got to talk to and formed a real connection with and they helped me get my other band off the ground and I just pretty much my entire friend circle including my girlfriend that I've lived with for like a year now I know because of this band so uh, it just feels weird to be in it. We are how we met Yeah, it's a whole... I had forgotten about pretty that. Pretty much everyone I know and hang out with at this point in my life like because of this band, I think you were the truly first person that I changed my life. I didn't know that I saw wearing a Juxton shirt. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I saw them at the the Ritz show for the first time, and I like bought a shirt. And I was like, we gotta go see them again. And I went to the Rest of Peace Deep South show, and I the day after was yeah, that's where I met Jonas and you, and just talked to everyone that night. And oh, just, hi, Jonas. Whole thing. Also, I, yeah, shout I out also Jonas. Met Thank Jonas you. and Ryan that night too at the. Hi, Ryan. I too met Jonas. <laughs> I've never met Jonas. I don't know who we're not. <laughs> ironically, ironically enough, this is the first interview that I've done with a band that Jonas is friends with or involved with that he hasn't been like rapid texting me throughout, and that's that. really only be. That's only because he can't. <laughs> he, he knows we're doing. When it goes live, your phone will blow up. Yeah, yeah. He'll 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 live text you while he listens to it. <laughs> I I love nothing more. Does anyone else have an answer to the previous question about the significance of Jackson Roy uh, to you personally? Uh, anybody want to go or can I go? Go for it. Um, I've I've played a lot of music over the years, and I've I've felt very connected to a lot of music I've played, but nothing has ever quite felt as right as playing with this band and playing with Jess. Because Jess is Jess and I have been best friends for years, and been trying to figure out how to play music together for a long time. And when we finally made it work, uh, that's what became Justin Roy, and it's uh, one of the most awesome feelings in the world is getting up on stage with your best friends and playing songs you wrote together that mean a lot to you. And it's, it's there, people say like, you can't go home, but that's the closest thing to home I think there is. For me to with that sentiment, it feels, yeah. the only time I ever feel like I'm at home is when I'm on stage with y'all. Yeah, I feel homesick at my own home a lot. It's one of those weird <laughs> feelings. Yeah. You know that feeling of homesickness, like a listlessness, I, I get that in most aspects of my life. But being on stage, all of that kind of stuff with these with these people, it, just, it, it all melts away, and it's just in that moment. Do you want me to name all of you every time I reference you, or how would you? Being on stage with Justin, it, all of that melts away, and it's a. I'd say, uh, and even outside of being on stage, it's 
you know, like uh, right now it feels like yeah, that too. A, we all actually hang out with each other. It's not just a band, it's more of a like it's it's a family. I see Alex that's about as much as I see my partner in the living room. Yeah. I I would say um for its like role in my life is uh, before Juxton, I didn't really know what to do with myself, I guess. But uh, for me, it's just kind of like finding what I'm supposed to do. Um, and the second we started like doing this band, it, it felt like I they had a purpose in life, and I'm gonna keep doing it as long as I can. Yeah, we're very we're very intense sometimes. Yes, like, about what we do, we're very intense about it. Juxton Roy, I've been. So Black played the studio that, we, that they recorded um, Hallelujah and Flatlining in. I've been going to that studio since before it was built. Uh, I've known the engineer there for probably almost a decade now. And it's always, I've always been the youngest one of the group like to show, I've always been like the guy that sits in the corner <coughs> to listen to the mixes and I get to be kind of a part of it to get the coffee and stuff. But whenever I met Matt and I got to listen to Jux, I mean, it was, it was, I enjoyed it, but I'd not been to a Jux show yet, so I never really got to see the full intensity even at a show until I was in a studio with them. And they got, they were so willing to let me be a part of the production. And it was completely, it was unannounced for me. I wasn't expecting to do it. They, Matt and Justin had the whole planned out, but I wasn't aware of it. It was just like the community part of the band. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were planning from the get-go to drag you out there and have you be part of it. But the thing that really <laughs> makes me love this band is that I really, for the first time, the engineer there, like both Garrett and John just sat me down and said, you did a really good job. Like we really appreciate what you've done. And I've never, it's just, I can't explain words in words, just how much this band means to me. They really solidified my place in like an engineering sense and in a musical sense. And it's just that sense of purpose you've been striding for for so long. And then you finally get like a grasp on it. It's just, it literally is one of the most intense feelings like you can't explain in words. It means something really deep to me that they, I don't think they'll ever understand. We love you. I don't know words, so I won't understand. Dictionaries are hard to read. <laughs> I can't read. Yeah, I've never learned how to read. I don't know what them book symbols are, but I know they mean something. A consistent theme throughout this conversation has been um, reiterating the emotional I, what's the word? The emotional like catharsis that each of you experience through participating in Jackson Roy as a project or as a community member or as someone who is, you know, just contributing from the, behind the scenes, so on and so forth. Um, if someone was unaware of who you are and wanted to get more involved, like how can they, how can they do that? Like wh what song would you recommend they listen to? How does someone become part of your community? Um, part of the Raleigh community, honestly. It's hallelujah. Honestly, just go yeah, to the Raleigh shows. Like, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of shows in my life and I've never once seen the kind of community and just like crowd development that happens at a Jackson show with the entire crowd with their arms around each other, singing songs and saying, I know who my friends are and my family is like, it's never, you're not going to find something like that unless you just come to a Juxon show. Like, that's, that's all the that easiest way to yeah. get involved with us is to come to a show. Yes, that's like the, that's what the band's really yeah. about, I come, think. Come to a show. Come come say yeah. hey to us and talk to us and just, like, just come have a conversation we, and come, we come be friends with us, you know. We love yeah. We We love, we yeah. love meeting yeah. everybody. So, like, if you want to come hang out, just best place to find us is at a show and come find us and... Come be our friend. You get to the front of the line if you bring Derek cucumbers. So. Yeah, if you bring Derek cucumbers, you're 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 our best friend. Though. Yeah, if you don't have cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. If I bring cucumbers, can I get guest listed? Can I skip yes. the door charge in exchange for cucumbers? I will, forever I will personally listed. make sure that happens. <laughs> Derek will make his wife pay to get in if you bring him cucumbers. Derek, not not a Juxton Roy question, but do you call your wife a cute cumber? You better. I will from now on. That is fantastic. <laughs> so good. She's going to love that. In my phone, she is saved as a little potato and has been since I've known her. So I might yeah, have to. I might have. What's yours? Sadie is uh, Sadie Hawkins dance. And then <laughs> occupation is Kathy yeah, that's dance. That's what she's in my photos, too. Dang, that's dance. good. 
Matt, I need Sadie's number, and I'm going to just put her in a Sadie Hawkins dance, but then never reach out. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can. We're neighbors. Eric and I live across the street from each other. I'll just scream from my patio. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) That would be really cute. Um, Final question. Um, Do you have a favorite show memory? I got a lot. (laughs) Um... I think one of my favorite show memories is, uh, I got two actually. Um, the first time we played Deep South where I crowd surfed, so that was really fucking fun. And um, my favorite- the first like, swear of the interview. Thing. No, it's not. I said one earlier. I've said, I know like for four, sure. I've said four or five. <laughs> yeah, really? I haven't caught any of them. But- uh, They've been subtle. I'd say the other one would be um, one of our more recent shows. We played the the Four House with Arson Daly and um, Boxer and Chris Larkin. Oh, for Jonas's birthday. Yeah, Jonas's birthday really show. That was a show. My brother was at that show, and it was his first time seeing us. Was um, that his first time seeing us? Yeah, I didn't know that. And didn't hear what like uh, he thought of us afterwards was. It meant a lot to me. What did he say? I didn't hear this. He he literally like went home and it's just like, yo, like Jess is doing something really important, basically right, to my family. Um, because he had he had like listened to the records and stuff, but he'd never seen us live, and that's the whole direct experience of seeing us live. And him getting to see that, he was just like, oh, okay, I get it now, basically. But yeah, yeah. well, uh, awesome. I like the one year a lot because my other band got to play that before I was in Juxton, and I just got to meet a lot of cool people that night. They were just. I think that was. No, we, we played a. Gets together once. Pretty sure, yeah. No, I, I played in your band. No, it was it was um we played together at Hopscotch. Oh yeah, so we, did. we played the Hopscotch show. The one year show. Four WKNC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You booked yeah. that. Yeah. I that, did. That radio station together, we're on. But one year is the first time we played together, and I met like my girlfriend, a lot of other people there, and yeah, it was cool. Was that when you met Emma? I mean, I had like met her before. People were like, "Hey, this is Emma," but that was like the first time we actually talked and like started started talking. I'm learning lots of stuff today. <laughs> I either didn't know this or knew it and forgot, and I'm apologizing if it's the latter. So, yeah, that was a really fun show. There's a lot of cool people there. And, that was the first time I That's the most memorable one to me. What's your favorite memory, Gary? Um, my favorite memory? Um, the first one that comes to mind is the State Fair. Um, just because that was such a, a wild thing to happen. Because, like, I think I'd only been in the band for a few months at that point. And, like, everybody came together and was like, how do you guys feel about playing the state fair. I, I was like literally say Derek joined the band and he immediately like he had like maybe two weeks to learn to set. Yeah, I joined the band and played a played a show within two weeks. Yeah. And then we happening. immediately threw him in the studio. Like right yeah. after that. And then and then we played the state <laughs> fair. So we yeah, we yeah. took him to like a huge show, another big like into the studio, another big show, the, the fair. He, he's a champ. But it's like <laughs> I think that, and honestly, the one that sticks out the most is the the very first show that I got to play with. Jux. That was the Strongman show, right? Yes, at Fort House. Yeah, that was the Strongman album release. Yeah, because like I've <laughs> I've played in multiple bands, multiple instruments, and like I've never felt the sense of like what's like feeling at home on stage as I did at that very first show. Like there was something about that. Like I was extremely nervous. And then like the second we started playing, everything went away and then not hearing Jess, but just hearing the crowd singing over us playing was like a surreal experience. Yeah. I don't need monitors. I just stood up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mine is, I've, I've got two. Both of them involved me injuring myself. Uh, one of them was, um, we played with, um, I think it was the Bronze Age at the Poor House, and I smashed my finger 
my uh, ring finger in between the amp and the wall, and so I had to play the I had to play the whole set, missing a finger. You never realize you know you never realize how much you use a finger when you're playing <laughs> until then. Left or right hand? There's that one, and so I had to refigure out how to play my parts on the fly. And anytime I couldn't figure it out, I just used the finger. I'm just in pain the entire night, but we played a great set, and I think that kind of fueled it. Then there was was that um, the left or right hand that you injured? It was my my left hand, the ring finger on my left hand. Horrible. Yes, yeah. it was awful. And I play a lot of power chords. So. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like the major third finger. Yep. <laughs> uh, so there's that, and then the last show we played before all of this started, we played uh, emo night uh, at uh, Emerge. Um, and at that the was really that was a really cool show. And at the end of it, during our last song, I, I flail around a lot and I do a lot of spins on stage. But I, yeah, I was fell. and I, I was leaning back and I felt I was ending a spin and I felt myself falling. So I put my foot back and lay myself down on the ground and then really played like the second half of the song from the ground. And and then and then I realized about halfway through that that I was gonna have to change things on my pedal board, but I couldn't get to it, so I just started doing my switching with my head. Literally insane. Have trouble with my head in the middle of that. Yeah, I didn't know that you like had unintentionally been on the ground. I thought you were doing that. No, I, no, that was that was that was a mistake that I followed through on gracefully. You you came you just came about an inch from stepping on my face. That's hot. Which would have been awesome. I think about it. That set was like literally Derek's face. We were at the very end of the last song because I did close with Elephant. Yeah. And we were feedbacking and I threw my guitar. You gotta stop doing that. I can't. And Derek is just looking at me like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. You gotta stop doing that. I don't have that picture stuff. What are you doing? You don't have one of my guitars. It's survival. Any last comment? Uh, did Alex share? I'm not looking to share yet, but I want to do my favorite Ooh, show. Yeah, maybe a, a crowd experience. Yeah, so yeah. was that the Kurt show that you fell over? Yeah. yeah, so I've got two of them. My. Uh, my most interesting one is at that emo night where Matt fell. It was kind of he did it so gracefully. It was like a it was like a feather it was like a swan flowing in the wind. It was beautiful, and he just started smacking his pedal board with his head, like just on time for about three hours. So that was beautiful. I was just on the side of the stage. Normally I'm in the crowd, but I just uh, the, the crowd was like packed, and I ended up getting there like a little later, hanging out. And the weirdest thing happened toward the end of the night. I was. It was the Kurt Travis emo night, and Kurt Travis from like a lot like Birds and Dance Gavin Dance was like DJing, and he's he's really cool. I like him a lot. He's, he's a, a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. He's a little he's a little you know weird, but in like a great way. Um, he's he's so about 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 as weird as you are. Yeah. So Kurt Travis is like one of my biggest musical inspirations. So after the initial like fangirling died down, and I just got to like talk to him like a human being and not like an obnoxious fan, I. Uh, Everybody was cool about going to like Waffle House afterwards, and and like it, Kurt was just like making his rounds, being Kurt Travis and having a good time. And we ended up getting an Uber to the Waffle House. We walk in, nobody's there, so we're just looking around. And he just walks up to a, a couple of dudes sitting out in the booth, and he taps his shoulders, like, "Can you sit here?" And they're just like, "Huh? Yeah. <laughs> done yet?" And so it was just kind of like it was like. Uh, he's not used to like the South. It was really funny. It was really adorable. Honestly, he called his little Chihuahua Timmy on the phone, and then I will never forget him just picking up the phone and being like, "Timmy." for like ten minutes. Something like that. it was really adorable. It was great. Um, yeah. In the morning, my girlfriend was like, had mixed feelings on it. <laughs> so uh, my other favorite one is. Hey, babe, just hanging out with Kurt Travis of Dance, Gavin, Dance. You know, it's going to be homework. So I, uh, my other favorite experience was the first time I got the guts to mosh at a Juck show. And i pretty sure both Matt and Jess were, like, losing it because they were like, how the hell do you do that to a Juck set? That was the first time anybody did a circle pit to one of our, one of our songs. That was Yeah. That was, that was so it's, it's happened yeah. more than once then. 
Yeah, Alex was the first though. So I'm like old school hardcore. Like my cousin Casey was in the uh, was in the band called Embracing Goodbye out, out of Rock Four Oaks, and um, so I've been going Joe to shows. Hardcore, what up? Joe Cole hardcore. So I've been into like I've been in like a hardcore going to shows and stuff, two step and get my nose broken since I was like way too young to be able going into this venues. And so I was determined to do it, and they were like, "Good luck!" And I I did it, and I'm very proud. It's my proudest achievement. <laughs> Well, it seems as though Jackson Roy has a lot to be proud of. The way that each of you talk about your music and your relationship with each other and with the scene in general is really beautiful to experience from the outside, but also to experience like at shows and having gotten to interact with each of you so many times. Um, I really appreciate uh, all of y'all talking with me today. I know that Derek is now off camera, so I don't know if he'll be able to hear my I was going to say, I hope he hears my sweet messages, um, but I'm really that. looking forward to see um, how you develop as a band and what you do during quarantine, no matter how long this lasts, particularly if you decide to release a song every month. Um, so any final questions, comments, and concerns for the audience? Bring Derek cucumbers. I have a concern. Bring Derek cucumbers. <laughs> I crave them. I have a concern that I would like to raise. Yes, sir. I'm concerned about everyone's safety right now. Everybody out there, be safe. Stay home. Stay home. Stay six feet apart. Stay home. I have a statement. Stay further apart than we are right now, but we're already screwed. More importantly, I have a statement, and it is remember to always be gay and be crimes. Always. Be crimes. Communism. Be, be crimes. Do gay. gay. And that is Juxton Roy. Just stay.